Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Joe's Tango Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about the Tango for Musicians workshop over at Reed College in Portland, Oregon. The program is in its sixth year, and to date, it's the biggest one of its kind in North America. At this workshop, Tango musicians meet up. They take workshops in composition, arranging, Uh, They also trade ideas, stories, there are performances, of course, and all sorts of other great things. We'll hear from Professor Morgan Luker, who is an ethnomusicologist. The focus of his research is contemporary music in Buenos Aires. Morgan is also the author of the book, The Tango Machine. He is part of the faculty of the Tango for Musicians workshop, and he'll have a lot of neat information for us. We'll also hear from Kim Gumbel of Vespertine Works. Kim is an independent operator specializing in artist management, arts administration, and consulting. Since 2007, Kim has been working with artists, helping them come up with strategies on how to organize and execute big events. So today's show is going to be formatted a little differently. Because of scheduling challenges, I had to interview my guests separately, but it'll be a good time. So let's first start with Kim Gumbel. Kim, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Happy to. Yes, yeah, so really quick, so the Tango for Musicians at Reed College, this, this is a really exciting program because you got a really awesome roster of musicians. So can you just give us a quick overview of what the program is about? So this is the program's sixth summer, mm-hmm. um, and it's started off as Morgan Luker's project to have a space for musicians to learn tango music Mm. that wasn't an add-on to a tango dance workshop, and it it was just for the musicians. Mm -hmm. And that, we learned, was a very rare thing in the United States at the time to have tango instruction in English. Mm-hmm. And there's a track for instrumentalists, and, mm-hmm. and the workshop will take any instrument. They'll mm-hmm. work with you and find an ensemble for you to work with. Mm-hmm. And there's also a track for composers and arrangers. And many of the faculty members are very accomplished composers and arrangers themselves. You know, Paulina Fain yeah. is this brilliant flautist and composer, as, as is her husband, Ezekiel mm-hmm. Montega, and... Ramiro Gallo, and it's just a a very tremendous lineup of talent, Mm -hmm. and all of them are not only very gifted performers, but really dedicated educators Mm -hmm. in their own right, and and it's just become a really fun, inspiring week. Yeah. What are some things that we artists can do to make things easier for organizers such as yourself when it comes to to, to planning? (laughs) I love a long lead time. Okay. Having having a lot of a lot of long range planning is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, knowing what your goals are for your event, I think is, mm-hmm. is or for yourself even as an as an artist. Yeah. If you can say, I really want to get better at singing. I'm mm-hmm. I'm great at playing banjo, but I want to be a better singer. And mm-hmm. so here's how I think I should go about that. Mm-hmm. Or spending time to actually assess. I do a lot of assessment with my clients and we talk about, okay, well, how, how are we looking on our one-year goals and our mm-hmm. three-year goals? And where, where do you think you want to be in 10 years? Is that where you are? Is, are the projects you're currently working on going to mm-hmm. put you on that trajectory? Mm-hmm. So I, I think if you are able to step back 
and you, and get a big picture look at where you are and, and where you want to be going, mm-hmm. that's super helpful yeah. to the success, not only of your own career, but of really helps out the people who are working with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point about the lead time because you can make plans for something that's going to happen in a few weeks or a few months, but that time, it it sneaks up on you. (laughs) Well, and if you have time, you know, you can apply for funding, Mm -hmm. you can advertise, you can bring in community support. It just gives you so many options. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Kim. This was really interesting. Again, I, I think it'd be really useful for the audience to hear about Uh, what you do, um, because there is a lot of organizational stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't really think about and love to, to give people like you a little bit of the spotlight because it's, it's big. (laughs) Well, that's much appreciated. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Have a really good one. Yeah, you too. Take care. Okay. So that was Kim Gumbel of Vespertine Works. It was nice to chat with her for a little bit. Again, the management and administrative side of things, the behind the scenes details are crucial to the success of programs like the Tango for Musicians workshop. And it's great that people like Kim are out there specializing in keeping big projects and events organized, focused, and on track. Definitely a valuable resource. All right, and now let's hear from Professor Morgan Luker. Morgan. Thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. All right, so before we talk about this wonderful program, the Tango for Musicians workshop at Reed College, let's hear a little bit about you. You're an ethnomusicologist with a special emphasis on contemporary music in Buenos Aires, Argentina. So how did you become interested in tango music? Yeah, that's a great question. I think like a lot of listeners and a lot of people in the tango world, I initially got hooked on it through Piazzolla. Mm. I was a music student, a saxophone jazz major, and uh, studied ethnomusicology at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing that, I had a colleague in the saxophone studio who was from Argentina, and she Mm. turned me on to Piazzolla, who I had never heard at that point. This was Mm. in the the 90s. And... um, you know, it like blew my mind when I encountered it. And we were all very excited by this. We were music students who were very serious about music. And we ended up basically starting a Piazzolla cover band mm. that we played with and rehearsed and worked up and played, you know, bar gigs and stuff like that in Madison. Oh, nice. And that was my musical introduction to tango. And from there, I was very naive at the time. I knew very little about it. But we would play concerts, and then people who were more knowledgeable of tango would come up and talk to us afterwards and be like, hey, you know, if you like Piazzolla, you need to listen to Gardel, or you need to listen to these other figures. So that started expanding my listening a little bit more. But I didn't take it that seriously beyond just playing at that point. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to graduate school, I went to graduate school at Columbia University in New York City and um, ended up writing a master's thesis about avant-garde jazz in New York, basically. Mm. And then when I finished my master's thesis, I realized that I didn't want to keep writing about, you know, that scene. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for other topics. And I was, you know, became quite interested in Argentina for a variety of different kind of more intellectual reasons at that time, talking Mm -hmm. about globalization and, you know, the economy and other kinds of issues that were happening then. Mm -hmm. So I went down to Argentina in 2004. I got a grant to spend a summer there 
and just kind of check things out. Nice. And I was really interested in like the relationship between music and politics, basically, and mm-hmm. explicitly not looking for tango because I <laughs> kind of thought that tango in Argentina, as an as an ethnomusicologist, I was like, oh, that's too obvious, and I don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to look at like rock music or other kinds of avant-garde music that were happening down there. Okay. But when I encountered the tango scene in the early 2000s in Buenos Aires, it just also again completely blew my mind what was going on down there in terms of musical style and just the urgency of it and the diversity of it and um, it was just this really amazing scene that was flowering at that time and I got kind of swept up in it and swept away and that's where you know my commitment to it and interest in it and the involvement and it has just grown since then oh great so when you play me so you're a saxophonist do you do you still play tango music on the saxophone or have you picked up other uh, instruments along the way I don't play much anymore you know the saxophone playing has become like a very back burner okay. hobby for me at this point part of that is just because of like the other demands of my career and sure. my family and things like that so you know it's something that I have not taken very seriously as a player for a handful of years now for a while now okay. when I was in Argentina doing my field work I lived there for like a bit over a year I mean 2006 2007 mm-hmm. um, and as part of that I learned I did a little bit of bandoneon like I did some beginner bandoneon lessons nice. and I played in a group in, in this kind of underground music school down there and things like that so I learned like where the buttons are and stuff <laughs> but I never got much further than that okay. and again I haven't unfortunately not been able to keep it up either just because of my other demands, but I, sure. I, I have fantasies of returning to it sometimes. All right. And certainly still have my instrument and things like that too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you were blown away by, by Piazzolla, what was it specifically about his music that caught your attention? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I, I think of things that catch a lot of people's attention with him, you know, mm-hmm. just like the kind of urgent feeling of it just the kind of overall anxiety and energy and kind of violence that's in that music yeah i found very appealing you know um for someone who had been listening to a ton of jazz and a ton of kind of more avant-garde music in general Mm -hmm. i really found it exciting that way how it blended both pretty how to say it it's not like modernist but kind of you know quite quite complex musical structures and Mm -hmm. melodies and dissonances and stuff like that with the kind of very lively rhythmic energy that I found very exciting. The combination of those two things I found very exciting. And that was the kind of stuff that I found very exciting in jazz music at that time and in other kinds of things too. But Mm -hmm. it was like that combination, I think. And I later learned about, you know, the rhythmic performance practice of tango and the kind of tango swing and the kind of like grinding energy of it. And uh, I, but I just, you know, on first listen, I was really, really attracted to that aspect of the music. Yeah. Okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit to the Tango for Musicians workshop out in Reed College. And it's great that there is actually this workshop specifically for tango musicians. So how did how did that get started? Yeah, um, it's kind of a happy story, I think, where mm-hmm. I got my job at Reed in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Oregon for that. And I'm an ethnomusicologist, right? So I teach academic classes about musical culture and history, right? Like the power of music in social life and history. Mm-hmm. And they're primarily like, you know, reading and writing kinds of classes. They're not mm-hmm. practice classes. Like I don't teach lessons or anything here. Right. But a lot of ethnomusicologists, people in my field, you know, do often teach some kind of ensemble, okay. a world music ensemble, whether it's, you know, West African percussion or Javanese gamelan or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, you know, my colleagues at Reed were like, so Morgan, what about an ensemble? You know, what about like a tango ensemble or something? Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, well, I could do that if you need me to. And at the time, I was definitely like, I will do whatever you want me to, <laughs> you know, because uh, <laughs> I wanted a job. But, but I said, I was like, I could do that. But what would really be exciting would be to bring, you know, some master practitioners mm. of the genre to campus to work with students and work with the larger community who can really transmit this music from like a very intense perspective. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm very knowledgeable of the music on mm -hmm. multiple levels, yeah. but I am not a professional performer. I'm not even an accomplished performer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. me directing a student ensemble would be okay. But mm -hmm. again, since I knew this network of musicians through my field work and through my professional work, I was like, hey, let's bring them up to campus. Yeah. And Reed being an amazing place, they were like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> you know, right. Let's do it. So that, I'm trying to remember, we've been doing it like six years or so now, but mm -hmm. it ended up taking the shape of like an intensive week-long summer program that's um, tuition-based but open to the public. And so mm -hmm. we have people come from all over the country and even internationally mm. to participate with it. And we bring a, you know, an artistic faculty up of people from all of whom come from Buenos Aires mm. and are like some of the best performers and composers and teachers too, you know, like, okay. you know, tango pedagogues in the world as far as I'm concerned. And it's mm -hmm. been a really exciting experience just to connect them <laughs> with music students here in the States. Oh, okay. So what goes on during these workshops? Are they, are they classes or are they just sort of people getting together and just experimenting? Um, it's a little bit of both. Like okay. we have quite a, we have like quite a rigorous kind of curriculum, I would say. It's structured in terms of, I'm trying to think how, it, how it's actually organized. Like we have like instrumental based classes. So like I, every morning we'll break all like the string players into one group, okay. all the bandoneon players into a group all the uh, like the bass players into a group the pianists other instruments um and we've been over the last couple of years we've divided them into kind of like more intermediate and advanced groups so okay. people can work at the level that they're at mm -hmm. and they'll do like you know technique based workshops for that particular instrument right so like doing articulations on violin or like mastering the accompaniment patterns on the piano and mm -hmm. things like that um, and just how to deal with instrument specific things and then we also in the afternoon we'll have ensembles where the students will be broken into different groups from mm -hmm. like large-scale orchestra typica like tango big bands to smaller ensembles based okay. on um, what we have there and we've had preformed ensembles come before so like whole bands will attend as groups and get coaching from our faculty and those will have rehearsals every afternoon where they rehearse a couple hours working up a repertoire leading towards a concert performance at the end of the week. We also have, like, I teach a tango music history sequence. We have a couple kind of moments, two moments in the day where you can kind of elect what you want to do. We've had Ignacio Varchowski, who's a bass player and radio producer and really just amazing guy, mm -hmm. um, teaches, like, classes on tango styles, like okay. what to listen for in the oh. kind of classic tango orchestras from the 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. We have a, a Rangers track. We've had a track for composers. We've had other kinds of things like that. So that's a little, some of those classes are more like kind of classroom based where it's not with your instrument. Okay. But most of the time we, it's made for players to play, mm -hmm. do some playing. So a lot of the curriculum is with people with their instruments in their hands. And then every night we have jam sessions or we have like melongas with live music nice. or we have other kinds of things, opportunities, more informal opportunities for people to connect and play and, and, uh, and have a good time. Okay. Yeah. So a quick question about the, the composition component of that. How does, how does that work? 
Yeah, the composition component we're not doing this year as a okay. as a separate track, but we have done it in the past of mm -hmm. having people basically audition with well, not audition, they send in compositions mm -hmm. to kind of get organized, oriented around what level they're at. Mm -hmm. um, and those have been a kind of parallel track with people working with our composers, you know, mm -hmm. directly. And they would compose, and then we had an ensemble of people to work with them in the afternoon. We are doing an arranger's track this year because mm. that's what a lot of people have been interested in is like okay. how to take tunes that exist and then arrange them for whatever instrumentation you want and like basically make them danceable, right? Mm. Or make them, you know, function in the way that you want rather than just specific, in the, rather than like composing from thin air, you know okay. what I mean? Okay. Um, so we are doing that this year and we're having people like are going to work with Ezequiel Mantega, who's a pianist and composer and arranger from Buenos Aires mm -hmm. um, on how to get the different strategies for tango arrangement. Like it's as in jazz, like tango arranging has like specific techniques and like strategies. Mm -hmm. So it's like to teach people how to do that, but also to kind of teach them how to incorporate the music that they're hearing into their own ensembles and their local communities for the reasons that they want to have it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that tango does have this kind of shared repertoire that is, circulates in a lot of ways that is for dancing primarily, right? Mm. Um, and this is kind of focused on that more than just composition as like art music or something. Uh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And that's a separate track where people spend, you mm -hmm. know, all day, every day working on that too. And we have an ensemble um, coming to try out things with people. Mm -hmm. So like you can write an arrangement in the morning and then work on it with musicians in the afternoon and then go back and change it later and things mm -hmm. like that. So it's a neat kind of workshop moment for the arrangers too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that's really fascinating about tango musicians is their their own musical backgrounds. I mean, your musical background is in jazz, and you're kind right. of appreciating tango having come from jazz, where a lot of people I spoke to are from that classical background coming into tango right. and just making that transition. So, yes, I'd like to pick your brain about this. So what are some sure. things, say, like a classical musician or a jazz musician would have to, to change in order to become a good tango musician? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think there's a lot of things to say about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing to say is pretty broad, which is that, you know, tango is a music that's notated that has like Western harmonies, Western, you know, it's like knowable and a known, like the kind of fundamental elements mm -hmm. are known mm -hmm. by people who have a background in like classical music or a background in jazz or other kinds of musical system, musical genres that are using similar kinds of theoretical systems, right? Mm -hmm. So like tonality is the same and the harmony is the same and all those kinds of things. So you show up knowing mm -hmm. a lot already. Yeah, which we certainly rely upon and which is great. And then I think the program that we have is designed both to like help people who have, regardless of their background, kind of get engaged with tango mm -hmm. in the ways that they want to. So we're not necessarily trying to make like tango musicians yeah. per se. I guess it's a twofold thing. Like we are de very deliberately open to people regardless of their previous background in tango. Okay. So if you're a classical violin player and you want to learn more about tango, this is perfect for you, mm. right? Or if you're a jazz player or a jazz piano player who is interested in tango and wants to kind of expand your repertoire, mm. this is a perfect opportunity for you. Okay. You will Then we do also serve people who primarily identify as tango musicians, right? Who want to like refine I see. and develop their, their skills. So it's a diverse audience that comes to work with us. And then it's the thing, you know, within that tango often people a lot of different things so for instance you know tango does have this kind of like particular rhythmic performance practice that is mm -hmm. not like jazz swing but mm -hmm. it is like has you know you have to play the notes in a certain way to make it sound right. the way that it sounds mm -hmm. you can't just read the notes on the page the way they are 
and have it sound right. Exactly. That's one of the things that's really great to come to a workshop here for because, well, how do you do that? Like, how do you create that? Like, how do you make that happen on your instrument? Like, what kind of articulations do you need to use? Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing that can be very challenging to learn just from, like, listening to records, for instance, or just from, you know, uh, independently because there's not many, like, educational opportunities for Mm -hmm. tango musicians in this way. So when you're here with, like, a practitioner or a master practitioner who knows how to do all this stuff it can teach it to you and show you on your instrument and listen to you do it and you know encourage you to move in different ways or do different kinds of things or approach the instrument in a certain way mm-hmm. it really opens up the genre in a lot of ways quite quickly for people in that way there's also other things like melodic interpretation which they call fraseo right phrasing right. which is something that is can be quite intimidating because it's like semi-improvised right it's like where Mm -hmm. you're playing a notated melody but you're not playing it with the rhythm that it's notated in yeah (laughs) um and that's something that can be quite challenging for classical players for instance Mm -hmm. who are really trained to play the notes on the page and interpret them you know do a lot of interpretation of them but not rhythmic interpretation right Mm -hmm. like play them where they belong in the right spot and it's more at the level of like articulation and dynamics and things like this so this is a way like it's a space to kind of open up to like phrasing and fraseo and improvising and interpreting tango melodies Mm -hmm. in different ways and again once you kind of get the hang of that it's like i mean it takes a lot of practice but it's something that can open up players who maybe wouldn't have had that experience before into something new and different and it goes on and on from there in terms of like how to blend as an ensemble how Mm -hmm. to do articulation as a section, right? How to take solos, how to move between a solo and an accompaniment role, which happens all the time in tango music, right? Uh-huh. How to do a counter melody. Mm-hmm. We do have a whole thing on playing what's called a la parija, right? Um, right? Which is basically like spontaneous arrangements in tango. It's improvised, <laughs> but it's not like openly improvised. Okay. So we teach students how to do that too. And like, okay, you're playing from a lead sheet or you're just playing from a tune you have memorized. Like, how do you play the different roles and how do you move through it? How can you communicate with different members of your ensemble Mm -hmm. without having it all notated out? And that's really super fun Mm -hmm. too to learn. And we create a space where people can learn the fundamentals of doing that, but also put it into practice in a way that's supportive and uh, encouraging and, you know, really, really fun, I think. So people, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great experience. And again, I think it's, you know, something that having this space to learn from other students and learn from these practitioners, it's just like a really great opportunity for people Mm -hmm. to expand their skills and their knowledge. Yeah. Nice. So since you started the program up till now, what has really surprised you? What has surprised me? Yeah. Yeah. Things happened that you just did not expect either in a good or or bad way. Mostly been very positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think there's like stuff behind the scenes that have surprised me, but that's not like what (laughs) what we're interested in. I would say the thing that's maybe been the most exciting and, you know, satisfying for me Mm -hmm. as like the producer. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm surprised by it, but I think it's fantastically wonderful is that I have seen, you know, we've done this for six years. We've had people come from all over the place, all over the United States. People have come from Australia, from Europe. We had a bandoneon player from Japan. We've had people come from all over. Seeing the community build has been really fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had people who've come more than once and kind of become kind of regulars that we've gotten to know. And seeing like these communities build out of the experience of working together here has been really fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then also seeing like a kind of distinct idiom of like North American tango develop has been really exciting for me. So there are certain composers and certain bands and other people that we've worked with over the years who are developing the music in really fascinating ways that are new and different from what's going on in like Argentina or going on in other places. And I find that personally, like really, that makes me feel like it's all worth doing, you know, mm-hmm. to see to see the genre 
growing and developing and becoming more robust in the United States and beyond is really, really exciting for me. Surprising beyond that has just been to see like how positive it is and like mm-hmm. how much people know and how they can share things with one another and being supportive of one another. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen, um, for instance, we have like an Orquesta Tipica, this like tango big band format, which uh-huh. was like the classic format in the 1940s and 50s for mm-hmm. the, the dance records that people listen to at Milongas now. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to find enough people to play in that kind right. of ensemble in any right. community outside of Argentina, basically. Yeah. So we have people come from all over, and then suddenly, okay, you do have enough bandoneon players. You have like eight bandoneon players to play in the Orquesta TP. Nice. You have a bunch yeah. of tango violin players. And we've gotten those ensembles together. You know, they rehearse four or five times, and then they play a couple songs at the closing concert, and they mm-hmm. sound fantastic. And it, I can't tell you how happy that makes me mm-hmm. feel <laughs> to yeah. hear the students performing at such a high level. You know, mm-hmm. after just a couple of days of working together, it's really, really wonderful. Mm-hmm. So from the satisfaction of hearing the students be successful to like these larger changes in the genre, and then also the connections with the artistic faculty who, again, are like coming from Argentina. They mm-hmm. don't engage with this community in North America too much. You know, seeing the connections build yeah. there has been really happy, uh, a happy thing for me as well, too. Yeah, great. Yeah, so you've been, again, this is the sixth year, so there will be more. I think after this will be more of a biennial event, right, after this year? Yeah, we're moving towards uh, doing it every other year. Okay. Um, Part of that is because I'm on leave next year from my job. I have a sabbatical to work on, you know, my next research project, which I also, you know, am like an academic doing research. Right. And then also just because it's quite a niche market, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, And it's a lot of work to put together. So I think moving towards an every other year model will make it just more sustainable. Sure, sure. So what what future plans do you have to, to add to the program? Yeah, I mean, future plans, I would love to see it grow just in terms of, you know, the number of people who are participating. We have had in the in the past, we've, you know, I basically, I'd love to be able to serve like every student's need, mm-hmm. you know, so we've brought like vocal coaches before for people who are interested in singing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to, uh, we brought guitar people, you know, like more specialized instruments. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that happen. Um, I would love to see the composing and arranging component of it become an equal component to the musicianship part. Mm-hmm. I would love to see, you know, some kinds of more, I don't want to say more deliberate because we are quite deliberate about mm-hmm. it now, but I'd love to see more of like an exchange between the Argentine artists or like having, like, for instance, it would be amazing to bring not just the individual faculty members, but maybe like a whole band too, mm-hmm. to be almost like artists in residence, something like that during the week would be fantastic mm-hmm. and other kinds of modes of exchange like that would be would be wonderful for me but really just more of a good thing and keep the you know there's also like institutional sustainability and things like that like mm-hmm. i'd love to see it become more sustainable and see something that can like play a role in the kind of north american tango music community that feels important to me okay you know? nice. yeah nice so I know you're really busy organizing this event. So do you are you also involved with any of the teaching that goes on? I am involved as a teacher there. What I do is teach a tango history okay. class. It's basically it's not it's lectures kind of. It's like okay, a discussion yeah. thing that focuses on like the main figures and mm-hmm. the main time periods in tango history. So we mm-hmm. start with form, formative moment of the genre and do a session on the Guardia mm-hmm. Nueva and the uh, you know Gardel and yeah. We do a unit on the Golden Age and a unit on the Vanguard and a mm-hmm. session on contemporary trends. And that's the kind of thing I have to offer, I think. You know, I mean, my work is kind of highly anthropological, mm-hmm. I would say. So, like, okay. I know a lot about the context and the history of tango. I teach, like, a whole tango music history class at Reed mm-hmm. that takes a whole semester. And this is kind of like a condensed version of that, where it's not just... I mean, it is for people who don't know the kind of deeper history, because a lot of people who come to tango 
either are like really familiar with like the Monongo repertoire mm-hmm. and not much beyond that, or they're really familiar with Piazzolla and his cohort and not much beyond that, mm-hmm. um, or they're interested in the contemporary stuff. And this is just a chance to kind of get, you know, connect the dots in a broader way mm-hmm. for the students to like, you know, the, the stylistic development of the genre, but also the historical development of it mm-hmm. and some of the important things there. So I kind of think of it as like a jazz history class at jazz camp or something. It's like okay. uh, complimentary and adds a lot, but yeah. it's not fundamental to know, but I think it does open up people's interest. And then my own interest with it is like, you know, the social and cultural history of it. So mm-hmm. we we talk about politics and we talk about the economy and we talk about different art forms and how tango related to literature, for instance, or mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I have a kind of more broader contextual okay. point of view, which I feel adds a nice compliment to the yeah. kind of very intense, like note-based uh, learning that's happening throughout sure. a lot of the week. Sure. So, Morgan, amidst all your years of researching tango, what are some things you've learned that have blown your mind? Yeah. Well, there's two things I would say. One thing is, like, you know, what's going on in the contemporary world in tango. Like, tango music today Mm -hmm. is absolutely amazing. Um, And that's really was the focus of my first book project, the contemporary scene in Buenos Aires in the 2000s and today. And just Mm -hmm. like the what those artists are doing and the urgency with which they're doing it and the diversity of what they're doing Mm -hmm. is just amazing, amazing. It's like a new golden age happening all over again. And it's great for your listeners to like, you know, a lot of that stuff is available on YouTube. It's available, you know, through iTunes. It's like accessible in a way that it wasn't even 10 years ago. Exactly. Um, so you can really hear a lot of amazing new stuff. And I know a lot of American dancers and listeners are engaging with that stuff in ways that are fantastic, and there's mm-hmm. more tours and things like that. So that's one thing that I find just fascinating is just like how important and alive and diverse the genre is right now in ways that are you know wonderful. And then the other thing, my, I'm developing a new research project that's about kind mm-hmm. of the really early history of tango based in this historic sound collection at UC Santa Barbara, actually, Okay. Um, that they acquired a couple years ago. And I've been going down there and listening to all these old recordings from the turn of the century, you know, 1906 to mm. 1926 or something. Okay. And that material is just fascinating, too, because there's so much stuff going on that goes beyond the kind of canonical history of tango. Mm-hmm. So I was there just a couple of weeks ago, and, like, one thing that genuinely blew my mind, which maybe some of your listeners already knew but was, like, relatively new to me. Okay. Or I certainly – I was aware of intellectually but wasn't aware of as a listener mm-hmm. is that, like, how big of a role jazz played in early tango. Mm. So Osvaldo Fresedo, who's, like, one of the early main figures in, like, the history of – of tango had a parallel jazz band you know right that right. was playing jazz music and doing jazz and like you know totally different band totally different thing mm-hmm. like a parallel career doing that mm-hmm. you know and it's like of course they're playing jazz in buenos aires in the 19 early 1920s right that was mm-hmm. like a global genre too but hearing that it's like you know some of the same tango figures were also that deeply involved in other genres Mm-hmm. just completely messed with my paradigm of like, you know, <laughs> thinking of Fresedo as like, oh, here's a foundational figure in this one genre, right? Mm-hmm. So thinking about the relationship between different genres and things like that has been like really fascinating for me yeah. too. And I'll tell you, it goes beyond that. <laughs> There's things yeah. in all different time periods, but mm-hmm. it, that was one thing that genuinely surprised me just recently. Yeah. 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 The history and the, the stories behind a lot of these composers, it's, it's almost as exciting as the dance itself. Yeah. 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 No, it's amazing. And that's the thing for me. I mean, it's fun. My, I mean, my, I, I like, I'm not much of a tango dancer, right? I'm not that mm-hmm. involved in the dance community. I've been involved in tango from the music side of it and from the kind of anthropological side of it. Mm-hmm. 
But it's been fascinating for me too. And uh, like you asked, what was surprising about Tango Camp for me or the mm-hmm. the Tango for Musicians program here at Reed was, um, you know, just engaging with people who care about the genre in so many different kinds of ways that are yeah. so fascinating. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I never thought about like danceability, you know, mm-hmm. just because that wasn't my orientation as a listener. But you know, it's like a really important thing to a lot of the people in general. Mm -hmm. And like being able to kind of point to what it is in music is like really fun and challenging, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, well, it's not just the rhythm. It's like the rhythm, but it's more than that. It's like the rhythmic feel and it's the tempo and it's Mm -hmm. all these other things, you know what I mean? And that for me as an ethnomusicologist, that's like, you know, if you want to get into questions of like musical style and like culture, that's Mm -hmm. like a perfect example of it. So I feel like I've learned so much from the program and from the participants in the program Mm -hmm. that are just, it's been a wonderful experience for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that you, that you don't dance all that much. Have you, have you tried just taking lessons just for the fun of it? Yeah, you know, uh, when I was in Argentina, I tried to take lessons, mm-hmm. and I failed miserably in a lot of ways, <laughs> oh, you know. No. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of crashes on the dance floor that just felt, I don't know, felt mm. not positive to me. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of the musicians who I were engaged with, that I was engaged with down there, you mm-hmm. know, dancing is like a central part of it for them, for oh. a lot of them. So not even when they're not creating music for dancers mm-hmm. or like dance music, they see like the connection the kind of social function of tango music mm-hmm. as being connected to a kind of participatory dance kind of milieu. Yeah. So it was very important to them. And I certainly hung out a lot of milongas and I danced. Look, I mean, I danced, I got out there and stuff. I just never got past like <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything advanced, you know, and it's interesting for me, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've, you know, Portland here has like a very robust tango dance scene. There's right. people like Alex Krebs and right. other people that are doing like really amazing stuff in mm-hmm. dance and in music, both. Um, and it's a wonderful, you know, resource for me to draw upon mm-hmm. as a member of this community here. I would kind of, it's one of those things that I would kind of love to get involved in more. It's like my saxophone playing. Like if I had more time, I would mm-hmm. do more dancing. But I do, I'll be honest, and I, I feel a little intimidated by it too, you know. Yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten caught by the bug yet. And, um, okay. <laughs> you know, I need to I need to go participate more and get out there more. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm also like shy. I'm like a professor. I'm very, you know, my personality, this is kind of a joke, but it's also kind of true where it's like... Mm-hmm. You know, you can leave me in my office all day without talking to anybody, like writing a book. And like, I'm perfectly happy with that. You know what I mean? So the kind of like the connection and the stuff that people are looking for at Tango is Mm -hmm. not my, but does not jive with my personality Mm -hmm. exactly. But, you know, I could learn new things about myself too, as they say, you know. Okay. Okay. Anyway. All right, Morgan. So where do we find out more about this program online? Yeah, um, we have a website with all kinds of information on it. It is uh, read.edu backslash tango. You can also just Google Tango for Musicians at Reed College. We also have a Facebook page that I would encourage anybody who's interested to get on. There's a lot of announcements and videos and neat things like that coming Mm -hmm. through there. But the primary website, which is read.edu slash tango, has all kinds of information about our previous editions, the upcoming edition, you know, the artistic faculty, the curriculum, all kinds of things there. Mm-hmm. And it's a really kind of it's the central point for learning about the program. Okay, great. I'll have links to that, uh, to the site and to the Facebook page in our show notes. So, great. Oh, yeah. So what are the prerequisites for, uh, for applying? There are basically no prerequisites. We are very careful and it's it's important to me and important to our program that we are inclusive Mm -hmm. of everybody who wants to engage with it. You know what I mean? I want the barriers to participation to be as low as possible. Mm -hmm. We do expect people to be able to read music, you know, have some sense of what your instrument is like, how to play your instrument. So like, 
if you've never played the violin, you should, you know, maybe it's not the right thing for you. Sure. But in terms of making space for people at whatever level they're at, mm-hmm. that's really important to us, and we are certainly like that. So we do ask people to send in videos that are not really auditions. They're just a way for us to place people at the level that's sure. most appropriate for them. Okay. Um, so if anybody who's listening is even vaguely interested, I would encourage you to give it a try and, you know, look at our program and see if it's something that you're interested in. Because mm-hmm. um, tango, it's, we want people to participate in this music, right? Yeah. You don't need to be a tango musician. You don't need to be, you know, already committed to the genre. If you want mm-hmm. to just dip your toe in and check it out, right. this is a good space for that. Mm-hmm. And if you get, you know, if the bug bites you and you want to get more involved, it's a space where where you can advance over the years too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no prerequisites. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting bit by the tango bug, have you ever uh, seen any musicians who were not tango musicians who came to this workshop and were just totally hooked by it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we design it as such that, you know, that it's open to people how to say it. It's like, you know, if you're a classical musician who's interested in new music, like you will learn techniques mm-hmm. and styles and things that even if you never play tango again, will be valuable to you. You know, Mm. new kinds of rhythmic interpretations, new kinds of relationships to your instrument. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We have also very much seen people, you know, come and have this be the first kind of space that they're able to engage with the genre Mm -hmm. and take off with it. Absolutely. And do amazing things. They've come, you know, they go back to their communities and start bands, start composing, start writing things, you know, and they'll come back a year later with all their own compositions or like all their own arrangements or all their other things that they want to play here and work on with our artistic faculty. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it is a space where you can grow and develop over time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's not, I I want to turn people on to tango, you know, but it's also, you don't need to feel like a pre-commitment to, or even any knowledge of the genre basically Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. in order to be successful in our program and to get a lot out of it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's great. I mean, you know, we got to keep this alive, and this is it seems like it'd be a really good program to to do just that. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, and it's also the another a lot of our mm-hmm. participants come from the dance community, who like are very deeply involved involved in tango dance, and mm-hmm. they're people who like you know they play piano earlier in life, or they play violin as mm-hmm. a hobby or something like that. And they want to learn more about tango because they're dancing tango and they want to learn more about tango music. And this is a perfect space for that, too. We serve that audience all the time where it's like, you know, let's give you the basic tools to recreate or engage with the music that you care about so much as a dancer. Um, And it's a great way to learn, you know, some of the fundamentals of that as well. Absolutely. And that will keep things alive and like connecting dance to live music and things like that. That's like part of what we're interested in promoting you know right, so right. yeah 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 i guess it's not just this closed camp i saw on some of the photos you have actually malongas that happen where i guess your participants play then people dance yeah absolutely we have like i mean we have a bunch of public events we have two mm-hmm. different malongas that have live music featuring you know our students um nice. and have you know the like dancers from the, the portland dance community come and dance on campus we have this beautiful space to do malongas we have concerts mm that are open to the public. Um, we have a closing concert with the students. We have another concert with like the artistic faculty. Mm-hmm. We have an opening concert that's open just for participants where the artistic faculty demonstrates some of the things that students are going to learn over the course of, this, of the week mm-hmm. and things like that. So we try to make it, it almost, in my perfect world, it almost takes on like a festival atmosphere, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's not just classroom learning and rehearsing but you know mm-hmm. engaging and playing and participating and having fun too mm-hmm. you know we like last year we had a campfire and we're up all night like singing <laughs> folk music around the campfire with That's all these great. argentines it's really neat moment nice. of exchange yeah great 
Wow, that sounds really exciting. So again, yeah, um, great. Yeah, if you're listening, you're interested. Um, yeah, definitely check this out. It sounds like it's uh, it's it sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would encourage your listeners. Please do check out our website. If you have any questions, you can send us questions. We have an email address there that will either come to me or come to some of the other people who are working on the production of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we are happy to be here for you if you're at all interested in the program, either now or in the future. But you know, we're here to serve you, and please do get in touch with us and consider coming. Portland's beautiful in June. Really, yeah. it yeah. really is. Okay. All right, Morgan, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk about this wonderful program. Hopefully, uh, you know, I'll do, we can do what we can to get the word out. Yeah, great. Thank you, Joe. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and to speak to your listeners and just get to talk about the program in a public way like this. It's yeah. a great opportunity for me. So thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck with the program. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, stay in touch. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Okay, it was great being able to chat with Morgan and Kim. I really love the enthusiasm. It's very infectious. It was great hearing about this workshop for musicians, and what stuck out to me was the thought that this is a really exciting time to be a tango fan. There are musicians all over the world working hard at their craft, and this program at Reed College is committed to connecting all these folks and encouraging an exchange of creative ideas. And that's a pretty big deal because tango is a very specialized musical genre. It's a much smaller niche compared to, say, jazz or classical or rock. And as Morgan mentioned, we might be seeing a new golden age emerging. And that's very good news for musicians and dancers alike. So if you happen to be a musician listening to this and you're curious about tango music, give it a try. Join the workshop at Reed College if you can. Morgan is making a point of keeping the barrier to entry as low as possible. So don't think that you need to prove yourself and know that the folks there will be very excited to welcome you. But even if you're not able to make the workshop this year, keep doing what you're doing as a tango musician. Although I'm not a tango musician myself, I'm on the dancing side of things, I'm pretty sure that some of the advice I would give to developing dancers would also apply to beginning musicians as well, in that when you make the decision to dive further into the tango world, You'll find people who are willing to help you, and you'll find people who will want to collaborate with you. So thank you again, Kim and Morgan, for taking the time to share your thoughts. Best of luck with the workshop this year, and I'm sure it'll be a blast. And a big thanks to all you listeners for supporting Joe's Tango Podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I've gotten a lot of good feedback and encouraging messages from complete strangers from around the world, and it's been awesome. And again, if there's a tango festival or program you'd like me to mention, please let me know. I want to do what I can to help spread the love of tango everywhere. You can reach me at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. And if you're loving this podcast, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a five-star rating and review. That would also be greatly appreciated. Okay, that does it for today's show. We'll be back next time. Thanks again for listening. Mm